And this person is like, well, there is another way you can get it. And I'm like, great, tell me. You can go to one of our convenient service centers on the Mass Pike. And I'm like, you know, I don't say this to her, but I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to drive an hour to change a pin? This is the Valley Voices podcast from New England Public Radio. I'm Jay Kyle Sullivan. Every month, we're bringing you true stories told live without notes from your friends and neighbors at our Valley Voices Story Slams held every year. We're just coming off of our third season, and while we usually feature the top two storytellers by audience vote on this podcast, we're showcasing some of the others who came out to join us in the past before the slams start up again this fall. This month, stories of exasperation. Getting us started is Michael Kingsbury of Montpelier, Vermont. Flying with a child is torture. When your child has autism, you multiply everything in life by 10. But my wife and I have to fly because her family comes from Rockford, Illinois, which is the land of the band Cheap Trick and Cheap Methamphetamine Production. Nothing refreshing about going here for vacation. This vacation is for family. We arrive at Burlington Airport, and at this point in my son's life, the cat in the hat is everything to him. He's got the shirt, he's got the movie. He immediately runs to the bookstore and demands that I buy him a cat in the hat pop-up book for $47.95. And I comply because I think this is gonna be the one thing that will get him through the TSA security check, onto the plane, into Chicago without a meltdown, and I know that the purchase is in vain. We get onto the plane, and immediately I see every single head turn to us, staring at this us in this feigned politeness, like, oh great, it's a family. Just don't take the seat in the aisle across from us. I can even hear the stewardess in my head saying, you can feel free to store your child in the overhead compartment or the space beneath your seat. We take our seats. My child is by the window, my wife is in the, in the center, and I'm in the aisle, and we are two rows behind the engine. These are the Section 8 housing of coach seats, but we're a family, we fly on a budget, but if we hit turbulence, we know it's gonna be bad. I see this cool guy get on the plane, you know, Guy has like ripped up jeans. He's wearing a concert t-shirt. I can hear the 70s punk coming out of his iPhone earbuds. This guy sits down in the aisle directly across from me. This guy represents everything that I was as a traveler and everything that I am not now. And I wanna say to him, look cool guy, you might think you're gonna sit back and enjoy this flight, but you're an honorary member of my family for the next 1,600 miles. So strap in, it's gonna get bumpy. We take off, and planes are not designed with children in mind. There's no ball pit, there's no slide. My wife and I take turns walking my child from the pilot's cabin to the tail of the plane, just pissing everybody off in the process. We hit turbulence over Buffalo and we have to take our seats. My son has a meltdown. 
And this is a kid who has difficulty in crowded situations. The pressure in his ear is changing, and there is nothing that we can do but just sit there, hold him, and live through this moment. In the middle of this, I look over, and cool guy is staring at me, trying to pour a rum and coke. I want to say to him, look, man, I am sorry if I'm ruining your time on the bar in United Flight 106, but we have a crisis here, and if anybody on this plane needs to drink, it's me. My son falls asleep out of exhaustion, and that wave of exhaustion goes over me and my family. And I just sit there listening to the hum of the engine and staring blankly at the Sky Mall magazine that was shoved into the sleeve of the seat in front of me, just praying that we can make our descent into Chicago soon. Then I feel something hit my shoulder, and it's cool guy. He hands me two Bacardi Silver and a Diet Coke, and he says, you need this more than I do. <laughs> I poured the, the rum into the Coke, and that sweet taste of Puerto Rican rum and that bitter aspartame <laughs> was the most soothing drink that I'd ever had. I didn't even think of it, just implied by an exhausted nod and a smile. We started talking. He grew up in Vermont. He lives in Los Angeles. He's in the biz. And he says to me, man, you're brave to bring a kid on a plane. I have got three kids, and I won't drive them from Long Beach to Malibu without killing one of them or myself. And then he said, does your son have autism? And I said, yeah. And I, I told him a little bit about some of the difficulties that we have and then some of the triumphs that we feel. And he didn't say, wow, you're a great dad, or that's got to be hard. He just listened to me, allowing me to feel human for just a couple minutes. He turned what was the worst flight of my life into the most memorable flight of my life. We land in Chicago. Whenever I've had a heartfelt conversation with somebody that I am never gonna see again, I just wanna say something like, may the universe treat you well. But I never say anything that poetic and stupid. So instead I said to him, hey man, if you're ever in Vermont again, he stops me and smiles and says, I'll stay in a hotel. And that was that. <laughs> then my family and I got into Chicago Hare International Airport. My son promptly finds a bookstore and demands that I buy him a second copy of the same damn cat in a hat pop-up book that I just bought him two hours earlier in Vermont. Thank you, cool guy. May the universe treat you well. Michael Kingsbury, who volunteered his story from the audience that night while we were counting up the votes for the evening. Glad he was able to join us. Next, Jim Prisette looks for some customer service. Um, I just want to warn you about my story, which is it may trigger in you some strong emotions if you've ever encountered bureaucracy with like your credit card or your doctor's office or your insurance company. So 
I just want you to be prepared for that. Fuck you, Easy Pass. In October, I thought I was doing a good thing for Sarah, who I work with. Um, she was going to do a half marathon on the Cape. I was like, oh, you're going on the, the Mass Pike. You, you have a transponder. She said, no. I was like, well, why don't you just use mine? And Sarah is a by-the-book person, so she found out, like, you know, you have to add me to your account. I'm like, fine, no problem. So she's like, well, add me. And I'm like, I, I don't know what my password is. I got to go home, get my notebook where I write all my passwords because they tell you not to use the same password, right? But I can't remember them, so I write them down. <laughs> so I go home, put in my email, password, fine. She's on the account. Smooth sailing for Sarah. Fast forward January, Sarah's going on a trip for work that involves going to Pennsylvania. She wants to drive and, you know, going over all those bridges and tolls. It's like hundreds of dollars. So she tries to set up her own account, but Easy Pass says, no, you're on my account. You got to get off. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go home that night, get my notebook, enter my email and my password. Another screen comes up saying, you need your pin. I'm like, my pin? I've had a transponder for like, I think since they invented them. I was like, I have no pin in my, my notebook. I have no recollection of a pin. So I, I try to guess some, some pins. It doesn't let me do it. I, I find the email. I send the email. I call them. Of course, the, you know, it's all shut. But the robot says, oh, we see by your phone number that you have an account with us. I'm like, great, I'll be able to just reset my PIN. You know, I can do it with my credit card every day, practically. Um, no, I call them several times trying to outmaneuver the robot. No luck. <laughs> I go in the next day, Sarah's like looking at me like, what? You couldn't do it? I'm like, it's a long story. So I actually call a live person, go through, give them all my information. And she's like, well, how can I help you? And I'm like, uh, I need you to reset my PIN. And she's like, great. What's your pin? And I'm like, that's what I'm calling you about. I need you to reset my pin. Well, I need your pin. We go back and forth a little bit. Finally, I'm like, can I talk with your supervisor? She's like, sure. Uh, he'll call you back in 48 hours. I'm like, that's cool. Somehow I missed the guy's call, but he leaves a, a voice message, you know, blah, 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 your pin, blah, 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 your pin. But at the end of it, he says, you can print out this form on the website and just fax it into us. I'm like, great, except, you know, my, of course, my printer is no longer hooked up to my computer. So at work, I, I print it out, and the first thing on the form is I need my account number, which I need the PIN to get. <laughs> so I call up again, you know, trying to, like, plead my case, and, and this person is like, well, there is another way you can get it. I'm like, great, tell me you can go to one of our convenient service centers on the Mass Pike. And I'm like, you know, I don't say this to her, but I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I gotta drive an hour to change a pin? Are you serious? But they're like, yeah, you know, it's security. I'm like, well, are you kidding? So anyways, <clears throat> you know, and I'm fine. This whole time I'm firing off emails. I'm, I must have sent 10 emails into EasyPass, like, this is absurd, you know, what's, I also send one to Stan Rosenberg, because he has a form, like, where you can complain about Stan, uh, state government, I'm like, this is outrageous, come on, Stan, 
So anyways, I go home that night, and I'm like, uh, I'm going to just call one more time. I don't know what prompted me, but I called again. And I'm trying to be really calm. I explain the situation. I'm like, I'm so frustrated. And the, the woman goes, I can understand why you're frustrated. I'm like, what? Is this easy pass? <clears throat> and she's like, I can see your pin is a birthday in the 70s. I'm like, what? I never use a birthday because that's what the experts say. Don't ever use a birthday. So I'm like, oh, um, 1977? That's when I graduated from GHS. No, I'm sorry. I'm like, uh, 1979? That's when the Pirates, one of my favorite teams as a kid, won the World Series with Sister Sledge and We Are Family? No. I'm like, you go, really, I can give you one more guess? I'm like, holy shit, I feel like I'm on Price is Right. If I don't guess right, I'm going to get nothing and you know, leave the washer and dryer up on stage. I'm like, uh, 1971, the Pirates won again. That was with Roberto Clemente. She's like, yes, that's it. How can I help you? I'm like, whoa, can, can you take Sarah off? Click, click, click. Yep. What else can I help you with? Can you give me my account number? Sure, she gives it to me. I'm like, oh my God, what's your name? I'm gonna put you up for employee, state employee of the year. And, and I think she can see all the times I've called in the emails and she's like, I'll give you my first name and I'm not gonna give her a real name because I don't trust the state bureaucracy. So I'm gonna call her Tanya and, and Tanya gives me her name and I do when I hang up. I'm like, Tanya, you know, I, I, I would give you so, I, I'm like, we should party and all that. And, well, anyways, you know, she's got to get back to work. So I, um, you know, I do email the Easy Pass again. I email Stan again. And, of course, I have not heard anything from them. This is like two, three, two months now. But anyways, I have to say, you know, there is a person out in state government who helps you. But good luck finding them. Jim Prasad of Amherst, Massachusetts. Thanks again to all of our storytellers from this last season. And check us out next month when we'll feature more stories told live at past Story Slams. If you're thinking about auditioning next season, listen back to our past episodes for some more inspiration. And if you like the show, think about sharing this with a friend. You can do that at nepr.net. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, leave us a review. Helps us more than you'd think. From New England Public Radio, this has been the Valley Voices Podcast. I'm Jay Kyle Sullivan. Mm-hmm.